Welcome to Blunts and Bravo. This is the show where we get super high and then we talk about our favorite Bravo reunion shows. That's right. And this week we are wrapping up parts two and three of Salt Lake City so we can get that out of here. Yeah, we know that uh, we are a little late. Yeah. It's been a minute since we since we posted last. <laughs> Sorry. I think we say this every single episode (laughs) but we are trying to hone our craft so that we can give you little bitefuls of wonderful instead of like big giant piles of crap yeah and life happens sometimes it does by the way in case you didn't know my name is tish oh and i'm Rhonda, and we forget that every time because we're terrible hosts well and also because we're incredibly high yeah that also so that being said we thank you for tuning in and also uh, let you know that we also did a little upgrading on our uh, recording equipment. We both bought brand new mics. That's right. You know what? I'm happy about this experience. It has changed things before we only had one mic that we used on either side. So we were very close to each other and now we're like across the room from each other. But I don't think it's going to screw up our dynamic i hope not yeah we'll see how it goes you feel so far away oh i'll see you soon like right now (laughs) i'm looking at you i say that right so let's go ahead and get into it usually we do a separate episode per part and unfortunately we just came to the conclusion that part two gave us hardly anything at all this should have been a two episode reunion um we didn't get a lot of closure on plot points we got a lot of yelling when we got a lot of of a whole lot of yelling yeah and no one listening we're just gonna keep it as dirty and quick as we can so we can just move forward there is way more to talk about with salt lake city oh yes and we will get there so you know the reunion starts off with that whole backstage thing where you see some of them getting their makeup done and you see others you know like on the phone or or whatever else they're doing but what i noticed is that andy looked like he wished he was dead and he just kept shuffling the cards and being like there's still so much to cover and i it's because there's been no resolution yeah not at all i wonder if ben did not have a good night sleep the night before i don't know but all i know is that he just looked really overwhelmed and exhausted we go right into mary and they show her little sizzle reel i like to say that and you know it basically just shows everything that her highlights were i guess for the season but the one thing i noticed at the end they showed when whitney went to sharif's party and tried to talk to her about the fact that mary had said that meredith and lisa were afraid of her and it showed jen just flipping out like she is prone to do and it shows whitney and she's so uncomfortable and after the clip's over She's like, yeah, that's really hard to watch that clip still. And Heather's next to her with this giant grin is like, I loved it. And I had a moment where I'm like, okay, I see why people really like Heather because she's in it 
for the same reasons we're in it. She enjoys watching. She's here for the drama. Yeah, she likes to watch that drama too. If if she was a TikToker, she's probably on that family drama hashtag on TikTok, watching other people's drama. I hope it's not more than like six six parts if it gets a like for part 10 like i'm out you have the moral compass of an eclair <laughs> chocolate eclair <laughs> <laughs> i think we can borrow that please don't sue us john mulaney we love you we do so yeah so we get to our ver- <laughs> quickly moving on uh we get to our first viewer question and uh it was them asking why mary had all her sweat glands removed and she had an immune disease called hydronitis that runs in her family and it uh attacks her odor glands and gives her like large boils all over her body and i kind of wish they had touched on that a little bit more i wanted to know more about it but maybe she's like go to google bitch i don't know I found it fascinating because of the fact that you know i actually thought she had it done out of vanity like that's how yeah i did too that's how bad i am sometimes mentally we have been our brains have been rotted by (laughs) reality television for a very long time (laughs) and so that's kind of where i went but i was fascinated and i shouldn't be surprised that there is this sort of disease i just had never heard of it before and so kind of like a train wreck i wanted to learn more yeah like i know what hyperhidrosis is but i had not heard of this i also thought it was interesting because right after that they talk about the comment mary had made about jen's aunt oh yeah (laughs) about the fact that she should have drank water so she didn't become a double amputee and when the comment was made you and i looked at each other and was like oh that's gonna be in the reunion we called it she got called on it i'm glad that she got called on that that was too much and then you know andy wants to get into ode to toilet (laughs) hospital hospital Oh, yeah. Ode to Hospital. But you know what? Here's the crazy part. We went all season long with this stupid storyline. And then you find out from Jen that she wasn't even at the hospital that day. Didn't even go to the fucking hospital that day. And so that even makes this fight worse. Yeah, because it's a complete non-story. Completely. And that we had to listen and have to try and digest it, even for a short season for a full season yeah i can just say without saying that next season the drama will be much higher (laughs) was this storyline uh worse than um lucy lucy apple juicy yes i would agree yeah good because it would be like if vanderpump came to the reunion and was like there never was a dog like what what the fuck have we been talking about this whole season then (laughs) exactly exactly they have a viewer question and it asked the ladies why they basically did not defend mary whenever jen went after her Mm -hmm. and you know that they always seem to jump on jen's side Mm -hmm. and mary says that throughout all of this jen has never apologized to her and so what jen shaw not apologizing i can't even believe that perish the thought and the thing is is that as jen is talking about this she's saying that she was drunk and she was hurt but you never hear an apology yeah and i appreciate that mary called her on that and didn't just take the words it's like saying i owe you an apology and then never apologizing just here are the reasons i owe you an apology i'm not saying sorry though so you work that out 
<laughs> okay. I will also state this. Her answer of not apologizing, I still feel is more credible than someone saying, I'm sorry you felt that way. Yes, I would agree with that. So for that instance, Jen was still a baller. At least she wasn't being hypocritical. Yeah. I don't think she likes to apologize anyway. I don't think it is her strongest trait. Yeah, for sure. Mary and Meredith, the drama about whether or not they are afraid of Jen Shaw and why Jen acted the way she did when she heard it. Mary said that Meredith didn't understand why Jen reacts to Mary the way that she does in every scenario. Basically, they were saying that they never said the words I'm afraid of Jen. The best part of that was Lisa going after Heather and saying, well, you said that you were terrified of Jen. And Heather's like, yes, I did. (laughs) And I was like, there you go. I mean, at least she was just very, yeah, I said it. I owned it. Great. Yeah. Even at the lunch, she was like, I'm terrified of Jen. And she's like, you are? And Heather's like, you're not? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was just insane. Insane to me. And I I sat there and... (sighs) First of all, I don't think Meredith is scared of Jen. Yeah. I think Meredith just doesn't want to deal with Jen. So she doesn't care enough. I think this reunion, um, she was definitely over it. I wonder if she had edible before she came or a Xanax. Or both. Or both. You know, whatever. I'm not going to judge. Whatever gets you through, I guess. Yeah. My favorite part of the whole reunion is that random ass line from Lisa Barlow. Whitney and Heather, bad weather, tornado. Spin the truth, destroy. It was like beautiful, ridiculous poetry. It wasn't a haiku, so I don't view it as that. No, yeah. It, it's not poetry, it's just... You only consider haikus poetry? The truest form. Oh, okay. Just gonna keep moving. The moving awkward silence of that here. was the best part of it. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that information. <laughs> Mary's asked about her marriage and a viewer question uh, kind of wants to know if there's receipts that from the grandmother with a will about how she was willed to Robert Sr. And there is not. Yeah. Um, pretty weird. There's still... <sighs> Mary Cosby, again, with the contradictions and the, wait, what? You, why do you mean? Because she says on the show that it was in her grandmother's will for them to get married because of her saying, if anything happens to me, I know my girls will take care of you. That sounds like she's going to kill him. And, well, not take care of you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Because they will uh, treat him well or whatever. And that's what they said on the show. And then you get to the reunion. They're like, no, she never did that. It's like, well, we're going off of what you said, lady. I find it this pattern with her that I think she gets anxious. Mm -hmm. And when she gets anxious, she starts to talk. And when she's anxious, her brain turns off and her mouth turns on. Mm -hmm. And she says things that will completely go against what she had just said. But I think it's almost like a nervous compulsion, it seems. Yeah, I would agree with that. I also think that, you know, there were things that we didn't bring up in some of Mary's segments because it made no sense and we couldn't even figure out how to explain it to you without giving you the headache we had when we watched it yeah and it also would have ate up a lot of time 
because it doesn't make any sense. You're just like talking in circles and all kinds of spirals. So no thanks. Yeah, I do kind of feel that Andy sort of made Mary look like she was in it for the money. Yeah, which I don't think is necessarily fair. Yeah, like this is the kind of person that we want on the show anyway. (laughs) Right? I mean, they're the ones that... Who cares if she married her husband for money? She's got a clock. How many other housewives have married their husband for money? Right. Yeah, I. so it it was one of those moments. And it's kind of sad sometimes when you watch her talk about her marriage. You know, she admits that she and her husband have not been physical in several years. Yeah. You know, and she she said you can't go through a marriage for 22 years and be happy, which is just absolutely heartbreaking. And she starts to talk about how every Chanel purse or designer name that she has was given to her by him and that that makes her happy. And it was so sad and I don't want to say pathetic it was more like I saw her as a little girl Mm -hmm. in that moment and almost like she didn't quite comprehend the situation she was in I wish it had been more in the lines of he provides for me unless he got me all these Versaces, like all it seemed, all the good bags that I've got are from Robert Sr. And like for that to make you cry was like, that was weird. Yeah, there was, it just seemed like there was some sort of disconnect there that I didn't understand. Yeah, but it, it does seem like it's, uh, I mean, it's a weird marriage but they seem to have there seems to be a love and a friendship there at least when they went on their honeymoon and she was like thank god I was on my period and they didn't have sex for two weeks and like they prayed if they should get married for two years Mm-hmm. It yeah, there's so much there that like some people think she's really calculating, but I look at it and, and wonder if sometimes, like I said, she doesn't quite understand the situation that she's in and that she settled due to maybe how her grandmother made her feel. Like maybe she was conditioned to feel this is what was going to happen. Yeah, but it also at the same time, and it, I guess it's not really us to say, but I'm gonna say it anyway. You know, they talk a lot about the fact that she. She took over the the church and her mom wanted it. Yeah. And everything went to Mary. Yeah. It's like, it just looks so shady. Yeah. And I hate to say that, you know. We need Mary's mom on the show. That is a Springer episode that would just be insane to go to. At a party. Bring her back at a housewife's party. And yeah, that would be amazing. Yes. Mid-season. Call us. <laughs> Call us. We got ideas. <laughs> We'll give you the email at the end of the show. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, a viewer brings up that they heard Mary called her congregation poor and stingy, which... uh, She full on said she said it. Yeah, but it was taken out of context. I don't understand how it could have, I mean, I mean, I get it. She tried her damnedest to explain it, but it comes off. Yeah, it was another one of those things where it was like, girl, you're just making it worse. The more you're saying, you're trying to explain it better and better and it's just getting worse and worse. It's like if someone puts too much salt in a recipe and then they decide they're just going to put sugar over it to see if they can bask it and it never works. I did that once. I made something too salty and it was like, oh, well, if you uh, put potatoes in. That had to thicken it. It just made super (laughs) salty potatoes. (laughs) 
You know what? Potatoes sound delicious. How about we take a break and get some snacks and reload and come back with part three? All right. Okay, and we are back and getting ready to go into part three of the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City reunion. Yes, but I forgot some things that I wanted to say (laughs) about part two. Oh, by all means. So I love that Heather is not punishing her girls for her own lack of relationship or sexual experience. I love when she was like, I want my girls to be wild. And all the ladies were like, oh my God. Well, I shouldn't say all the ladies. I just say Heather not Heather Lisa. Mary. Oh, Mary her eyes were like Boop. her eyes are always like that but she even did the like <gasps> like the neck she lean forward the, and everything she she's so animated the greatest like oh my goodness face and it's so funny because she has no idea that that's how she looked until she saw herself on tv yep love that anywho also this is a point you and I disagree on yes Lisa and Heather I think All that arguing and fighting they're doing. They just want to be friends so badly. And they don't understand why the other doesn't like them. Insert eye roll and sigh here. Okay, hater, what do you think? I don't think so. I think that... I don't think they necessarily want to be friends. I think that they don't want to feel judged by the other person. Or have the other person talk about them in what would be not a positive way. I don't think they necessarily want to go to lunch together and do each other's hair I do think that it's a keep my name out of your mouth situation you know if you're telling me I'm a wonderful elegant personable talented amazing perfect woman you know then they're in if not they don't want to hear it well no friends none anywho moving along we are at part three of the reunion the husbands have arrived okay so I might not have talked about this before it is something that is a me issue but when I watch the Real Housewives of Dallas franchise Deandra has a husband who I swear looks different every time he's on camera (laughs) and so I have had this long running joke that Deandra's husband is just a bunch of extra actors that come in and do the lines with her and then leave because they've got to get to the chicken shack for community theater chicken shack (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know what else to call it. It just came to my head. I watch a lot of farm TikTok, okay? It's true, though. He'll come on screen and she's like, oh, did they get a different actor to play Jeremy this week? Oh, you. Okay, now that you know this, I felt that way when I saw Lisa Barlow's husband, John, when he came on the reunion. I definitely had a moment of, that's not the same guy that was during the other season. What happened? Much more tan. Yeah, I I I think that's where, because remember, Lisa had all that self-tanner on her hands. Do you think she was helping him put, I don't know. All I... I know it is that I in my head canon they hire a new person for every time they do interact with a husband because it is not the same guy that's got to be expensive I don't know I mean if they're not paying union wage maybe yeah true well yeah you'd have to pay union wage but you don't have to pay like millions of dollars right you're not hiring like Leonardo DiCaprio to play John Barlow <laughs> For one episode of The Real Housewives. Lisa would probably pay for that. They could not afford him. (laughs) 
So here's the thing. I actually like the husbands more than I like the wives. I was actually probably looking forward to this part the most. Also feel this way about New Jersey and I've often said I wish they would do a spinoff show that's just the husbands because that would be so fun to watch. You're getting your wish. I know. I'm so excited about that as well. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. It was good to see them there. I was sad that they all weren't there live. I was a little worried that Robert Sr. might have tried to throw some shit down if he was there live. Yeah. You know how you get, oh God, I'm going to burn in hell. You know how you get an older man and he gets riled up? And he gets up and he's kind of tottery. Like, I imagine this, but having it be Robert Sr. He's like, which one of you is being mean to my wife? Like, getting ready to beat the living crap out of Sharif because of his wife. <laughs> he's, oh, I think Sharif could talk him down. But with those dulcet tones. Yeah, I think Coach Shaw, pep talk. No I want one. I, you know what? When we talk about what's going on with Jen Shaw later, you know, maybe that's an angle that Bravo should look at is doing a, like, positive life coach coach thing with uh, Sharif Shah, with Coach Shah, coach that he Shah. will come and life coach you. I mean, he might. That would be the whole season. I mean. He might need the money, but we'll get into that later. Do you have a manager? Call. Call. Give us a call. <laughs> we'll give the email address at the end. Speaking of the Shahs yes. and our perfect husband, Sharif, Ms. Jen can't let go of the fact that her husband wasn't there for the passing of her father. And then Sharif, uh, he gets into it a little more about how Sharif was one of the few people that her dad responded to when he was really sick and then when he passed Sharif wasn't there. I thought the point that was really interesting to make that Coach Shaw did make was that because of this fact that her dad would really only respond to him her mentality was that he should be there all the time to save her dad. Yeah it was almost like if you had been here he wouldn't have died. Like you can't say that. <laughs> it's not such some- a- that's not something that you know. That's an excellent expectation that can never happen and so I think that coach Shaw got the shaft on this one yeah and you know he asked her if she can get over it and she says that she is and you could tell that she's not and she doesn't like to talk about it because I think she clearly has like a hard time letting things go so on the best days on the best days and you know combine this with Sharif who she's crazy in love with mashing glasses for and all that you know yeah you know it was tough to see Whitney's husband Justin talk about being excommunicated from the LDS church and you could see just it still breaks his heart yeah it was so sad and it was really like hard for me to watch because I grew up Mormon and is you're almost conditioned like that's like the worst thing that could happen to you and you can tell that it, he still very much feels it it very much hurts him still and then to have Heather start to cry and be like you know I she kind of half expects a letter to show up any day and with her being on television and the things that were going on I would not be surprised if that day comes sooner than later for her and it was one of the few or probably the most genuine moment of the whole reunion I agree just you can see how much Justin is still hurt by that even though it's been years and years I do understand you know where they're coming from in regards to to how they feel that Lisa has a holier than thou attitude because if you watch Lisa while they talk about that one you can tell she's super uncomfortable two you can tell that she's not thrilled that they're talking about it oh yeah 
It's almost like you can say what you want about your family, but if someone else says it, you are offended. Mm-hmm. Like, and I kind of feel that's how Lisa is with the church. It, yeah, she did. I would agree that she came off pretty judgmental in that scene. Agreed. Not a good look for her. So anyway, we hop on over to Robert Sr., who is, of course, still angry about what was said about his marriage. And Who wouldn't be? Yeah, you know, somebody somebody called his wife a grandpa fucker. It's, I mean, we have a lot of questions about their marriage and everything, but, you know, if you're still with somebody for 22 years. I just wonder if that was how Jen sent the Christmas card. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Grandpa Fucker. It was, that's how it was addressed. Happy to Grandpa Fucker. Grandpa Fucker and wife. Happy holidays. <laughs> I know that's terrible, but I just... I did start it. It was me. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, you started this. How could you? Proceed, proceed. Yeah, you could tell, like, how upset he was, and then, like, he and Mary kind of start bickering. Yeah. You- and I got a little uncomfortable, and then... It's like when you're at your friend's house, and your friend's parents start to fight in front of you, and you're like, I don't want to be here, but yeah. if I leave, I'm going to draw attention to myself. Or, like, your couple friends, and they get into an argument, and you're like, oh, okay, we're, we're at a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they had a really interesting dynamic because he was getting so upset and they would bicker and I was like she's just gonna like nagging him she's gonna piss him off more and it seemed to like calm him down and he chilled out it was really funny because I wrote she got really snitty with him you know in my notes but then he like full-on chilled out I also appreciated the fact that he was very open about how he didn't want to be on the show and that he was had concerns about her being on the show because he knew that their marriage was going to go under a microscope and that he was going to be put under a microscope and that was going to be the number one thing every as soon as the synopsis dropped with the this is who the women are and this is what their story is basically everybody was like she married her who yeah, we've spent many an hour talking about Mary and her husband. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> so I fully understand why he didn't want to be on this show. But, you know, Mary did. And seems like Mary gets what Mary wants. You know, and also, I have to say this, even though it probably wouldn't make him happy. You know, he brought up the fact that when he married Mary's grandmother, he was very young. He was in his early 20s, that yeah. he didn't have any children. Yeah. And I understand may december relationships but that was a huge 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 jump marrying a a man that young at the same time there is still that weird shadiness in there that she would marry a man so young and then insist that one of her girls marry him when she died yeah and it was really funny because he makes it sound like he wasn't the possession but i think he was the possession part of that relationship like she didn't give him a girl she gave a girl one of her girls him it's like okay well if keeping in the family that's so that's so weird i just can't wrap my head around it and then he says like he'll turn around and say something really cool like about how mary is a great first lady and you know she's a great co-pastor and he considers her his equal i thought that was cool that was so sweet yeah like when she teared up i fully got it that's one of the most that's one of the highest compliments that you can i agree and i also think that was probably one of the nicest compliments we've seen a husband ever give his wife 
life in probably the history of the franchise, to be honest with you. Yeah. Like, uh, that was a, a pretty big deal. I mean, don't quote us. We're not going back in. No, I don't have time for that. Yeah. Um, I did find interesting during that segment as well that Sharif, and, you know, and, and Robert Sr. kind of talked. And basically, Sharif apologized for his wife yeah. because he understands that she is unable to do so. Yeah. And do so, so eloquently. Yes. And I think that's the other thing for me, too, when I say that I like the husbands more than I even like the wives, because sometimes I just want to see a disagreement squashed and mean it. Yeah, I think that and we're jumping shows, but that's a big reason I was really disappointed with this season of Atlanta, because Bolo was the story for way too long. Yes, it was. And I appreciate that we don't usually have this problem with New York. They tend to like quash their issues much faster than probably any of the other ladies much faster and i mean they might start them right back up right after we end up going to whitney and of course the topic is regarding her father Uh, I have so many feelings about her father and I understand that it is her father, but they're not nice feelings. Yeah. You know, when you find out as you're watching the season that he basically guilted her into paying for his rehab Mm -hmm. and then paying for him to live and then, you know, wanting her to pay for rehab again and then getting him a private room at the halfway house. Like it, it was, Oh, yeah, I forgot. I just remembered that scene. He's like, I they want me to have a roommate. Like, bro. They're, the entitlement that was there was yeah. insane to me. And that's when I sat there and I thought, oh, I don't know how serious he is about his sobriety. He is enjoying writing this slush fund from his daughter. I wonder if because she has put her foot down, she and Justin, if that's a reason why. He doesn't talk to her anymore. Yeah, why he pulled away. Yeah, she says that she has not talked to him in several months and that she feels like, you know, maybe the show kind of pushed him over the edge. And I wanted to be like, no, baby, the fact that you would not pay for his life is what pushed him over the the edge that fat pockets dried up and he couldn't leech off her anymore that got to go you know and she's very hurt and i and i know i kind of feel kind of shitty about talking about him in that way because it is her father and you can tell obviously that she's really torn up about it yeah it hurts her that it hurts her and you know for that i feel very very terrible about and then but let's talk about your dad's hair is that a wig andy I know that viewer, a lot of viewers asked the question. You and I asked the question. We didn't think that could possibly have been his real hair for a very long time. But the girl is in tears, ruining her makeup, talking about how she feels this huge loss and she's worried that he's not going to recover. And then you ask her this flip question about her dad's ugly hair. I I wonder if he was trying to like lift the mood. It was so bad. You know, uh, right after we go to Meredith. Blech. 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 That's not my bleh. That's what she wrote. I did. Notes. Bleh. Meredith, bleh. Thanks for calling me out. <laughs> Rhonda, I'll remember. <laughs> I said it This too, shit all like, comes around, I have baby. I to be honest. Like. <laughs> I see. I see. 
So, you know, he asks her how the marriage is going and the reconciliation. And she's like, it's fine. It's fantastic. Fantastic. I sound too up still. I don't sound like I have mild contempt. You don't sound nasally enough. Yeah. And he calls her out and says that sounds disingenuous. And she comes back with her with an attitude, you know, being like, why would I talk about my marriage in front of this group? And you know what? I don't often want Andy to clap back to the women because generally he's already a little salty with them anyway. Mm -hmm. But this is one of those moments that I wish he had turned around and said, because we paid you to and you cashed (laughs) our check. She came on a reality show and talked about her marriage. Of course, people are going to talk about it. It was her only storyline. It was her only storyline. And so it just kind of drives me crazy that her attitude was like, oh, well, I'm not going to talk about it in front of these women. No, you're going to talk about it because you cashed my check. And that's all it should be. He said, I'll do a one-on-one. Watch what happens live. Of course, Andy doesn't do that. (laughs) They talk about the fact that Seth had actually put in divorce papers before the show and that it seems like their relationship was very on again off again and and all of that but you know she says that she thinks the show is what helped save their marriage mm-hmm. yeah I was surprised that Seth was the one who filed for divorce because I thought if anybody was gonna be like I'm done here it would be Meredith she would be like I think that I'm disengaging you've been served allegedly if you listen to Jen Shaw there was another man if that is the case and Seth knew I would understandably know why he would put in for a divorce Jen did not want to get into that no you saw how she ducked and dodged that question yeah it was insane he did like the it matrix. was like the matrix yeah <laughs> she was dodging the bullets as they were coming at her saying no ma'am Did somebody ask if (laughs) Meredith turned Brooke against Seth? And then Seth's response was to know Brooks is to love him. No. Like, well, I've only met him through this television show and I I don't like him very much. There's people that eat liver too and say it's good, but you won't see me there. It smells good when it's cooking, but then you eat it and it's like, no. I mean, if you know, have somebody who knows what they're doing with seasoning, it smells amazing, but it tastes disgusting. Terrible. They were asked how one minute they needed space and the next minute they were all over each other. And, you know, my response to that is, well, rumor has it that allegedly all of this was made up for the camera and that they were already back together. I love that you put two legal things in there. It was a rumor and you heard it allegedly. (laughs) Exactly. Because I don't need none of that in my life. Not that you would get much. Don't sue us. We have no assets. <laughs> you know, uh, they asked Lisa about how she felt about Meredith and Seth's relationship. And again, she almost starts crying. She's very emotional. It's she, very. She stands. She stands in them. You know, maybe I'm just not a nice person, but I don't know if I would cry if anyone I knew broke up with their significant other. What? I would hurt for my friend, but I don't think I would necessarily burst into tears because it broke my heart. Yeah. She she acted like Meredith was her mom. Yeah, and her parents were getting a divorce. Yeah. It's like we're going to have two Christmas. 
this is now and then to on top of that psycho have heather come in and take over that segment again and talk about how lisa's not being sensitive to her because divorce is okay in the church but it's not okay when it's meredith and seth and i you know what? Heather turned around and tried to make it about her at a period of time that it was not about her. And, you know, I get that Heather's divorce has not been processed well with Heather. Like she has a lot of baggage mm-hmm. in regards to this divorce, but she also likes to take that baggage sometimes and put it places it doesn't need to be. And this was that moment. Yeah. She could have sat it out. Yeah. She was like, hey, you weren't this nice to me when I was going through my shit, lady. But they're not friends. Yeah. And they, it's like they don't even understand each other. They don't talk the same language. Yeah. That's it. And it also doesn't help that neither of them know how to listen. Yeah. So after we're done with Heather and Lisa, we go to Jen and they talk about how could she talk about loyalty and tell several members of the cast about Meredith's marriage and also that she might have something on the side, which she dared not bring up in front of Seth. She says she didn't do it from a place to try and hurt her. I think she did it from a place of trying to talk shit and she had the hot tea and she's like, I'm going to say it on the show that we're filming. Yeah, you know, there's a weird dynamic between Meredith and Jen. And I know that, you know, Meredith is like, eh, you know, if anyone talks about my marriage. There you go. Yeah, I've been working. Yeah, been especially working. the marriage. I don't know. I feel like Jen desperately wants to be Meredith's friend. I think that Meredith... I don't know what Meredith thinks. I think Jen wants to be the center of all of their friend universe. And it's Jen over anyone. Our loyalty is to Jen. Anybody who shall come against the queen will be killed by the Shaw squad. I think that Jen is a narcissist. And I don't think that she actually really does connect to reality. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. So she doesn't want to talk about it. She's like, oh, it's a moot point. We can move on. And Andy's like, uh, we spent a whole lot of time on this fucking storyline. Not a moot point. I have to say, out of all the franchises, I find that it has been Salt Lake City that has tried to steer Andy the way they feel like they should steer him Mm -hmm. and I do have to give him enough credit and maybe it's because he's been doing this for 90 billion years that he also like kind of sidesteps those efforts or will even call them out Mm -hmm. to a certain extent and mock them which I don't know if that is necessarily the right route to go but you know messy Andrew it's just which way is he gonna be messy gonna be shady mess or a truthful mess you know Sharif said that he was unhappy about what Jen had said in regards to Meredith and some of the things that Jen said throughout the season and you know who, who how can we not blame him I mean she was pretty vile yeah she was clearly talking shit oh yes to talk shit Whitney didn't ask her about any of that no and she wanted to give it to her like it was she was dying for Whitney to be like oh yeah well what do you know and I'm also a little annoyed because Lisa 
keeps wanting to point the finger and so does Jen at Heather and Whitney but I really wish someone had said in one of those two would have said I would have never known about this if you hadn't told me yep that's all they needed to do and she would have been completely shut down and there wouldn't have been anything else they could do about it and Whitney does apologize to Meredith and say hey when I asked you about it and you didn't want to give me any information I should have just let it go I'm sorry mm-hmm. but watching the show back and I you know Meredith has that it's pretty obvious that it all came out because of Jen and I think the thing that bothers me the most about it is she didn't even have a reason to do it like she wasn't even mad at Meredith yeah there was no goal yeah and I didn't understand that at all and this is supposed to be like one of your best friends come on Jen oh and of course she goes on the uh the the cry train feel sorry for me when in doubt turn the tear faucets on you know I have problems with that and that has been an MO of several housewives I feel uh Ramona from New York does it a lot she says her shit and then she gets called on it and you know it's a I'm sorry but then she turns around next season and does something almost the exact same thing she doesn't learn she's terrible and perfect she's perfect for this medium new york would not be the same without her no (laughs) yes do you have something to say i i do i do have a lot of things to say but we will move on from that Here's the thing. Mary, I think, made a really good point. And that point is, you know, that she says that maybe Jen doesn't realize because Jen's a survivor and a fighter that when Jen gets mad, her first armor of to protect herself is her words Mm -hmm. and she uses them in a very biting mean way like weapons like weapons yeah and you know i can't not agree with that i think that that is probably very accurate but you know ooh, what do you think would happen if jen shaw ever met leanne Locken? i think that we got words or weapons and then we have they're not knives they're just hands you got one carney and then you got are you trying to bring the destruction of the world i don't understand where you're coming from with this yeah this is chaotic huh yeah that is so chaotic i don't understand why you would want that (laughs) i mean Hmm? you're you're that person in the marvel movie that when all the bad things are coming towards you you get out of your car and stand out in the middle of the street and watch as it's coming towards you i'm like what we know how you are now Rhonda. we get it so the husbands leave yep and then we jump into vegas oh that's a fucking hot mess it's a shit show for no reason none at all for genuinely no reason like she jen jen just woke up and chose violence for several days in a row yeah several days in a row i i don't blame heather for sitting there watching her like are you fucking okay like she's just going off you better have my back with this fucking Girl. She hit her. Yeah. And was she Whitney's a lot better than me because it would have been how on. she went oh walked over there with that finger. Oh no. Yeah, that would have been. But Whitney is also pretty meek in those situations. She's not very assertive. I don't think she handles conflict very well. Yeah. And so probably never been in a fight 
One thing that I can say in regards to Jen is that her reactions are very childlike. That she literally has tantrums. Oh, yeah. 110%. 110%. She's like Veruca Salt. She wants what she wants when she wants it. Mm -hmm. And does not like when people tell her no. But I think that you have different types of people in the world. And there are certain types of people. And I would assume to a certain extent, like, I'll use Whitney as an example. I think Whitney, if she is put into a difficult situation, will try to figure a way to nicely talk her way out of it, Mm -hmm. trying not to hurt people as she does. Yeah. Jen is going to take a baseball bat and beat the living fuck out of you until you finally say she's right. Mm -hmm. And she has gotten used to bullying, unfortunately, a buzzword that people don't like to use and sometimes use too much, but it is literally bullying. The way Jen treated Mary all season, she bullied Mary all season long. Yeah. She bullied Whitney all season long. And she said the craziest shit. Right? Like how only because she was friends with Heather, she wasn't dead in the lake behind her house. Like that's hardcore. That's very specific also. Yeah. Like you can make a joke that you're going to burn a house down, but to specifically be like 30 feet off the dock on the left. I'm gonna make you walk out to your pool and shoot you with the gun you have upstairs. Like, oh, okay. Maybe you should leave my house. (laughs) Premeditation is is a thing. Oh, yeah. And then Andy kind of comes for her and says that she expects everyone to be loyal to her, but she has no loyalty to anyone. And then they ask if to them to raise their hands if they all felt the same way. And they do, except probably For Lisa. Because Lisa doesn't. Jen doesn't have a problem with Lisa. So So Lisa's fine. Lisa doesn't have a problem with Jen. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Which is really insane to me. To me, that kind of attitude is almost enabling yeah you know it's a oh well she doesn't do it to me so why should it matter why should that change my relationship yeah maybe because they have fucking terrible character I mean that I mean I don't know that's maybe I I just like that Meredith straight out asked her if the situation was reversed would she feel like she was a good friend and Jen said no which you would think at that moment that it would sink in of what she's done and I think that is that is one of those moments where I almost feel like the FBI needs to come and do her profile because there there's something so off about that attitude Mm -hmm. it's like really you will be around people who are terrible people but as long as they're not terrible to you it's okay yeah i don't get it yeah i don't i don't get that at all you know andy asked meredith that it seemed to him and some viewers that meredith was trying to force lisa to choose between her and jen and you know meredith is, says that she doesn't understand how the two of them are friends and and i get it like and we were just talking about that yeah but it is one of those things where i i mean she even brought it up to her at the finale party and she's like I thought you said that Jen is bringing all this negativity and chaos in your life and you can't be around it and now you're having lunch with her as soon as we get back like what what's really going on this is where I can relate to Meredith because I can be suspicious by nature and that would have been something that I would have asked someone as well Mm -hmm. and and been understandable about it and don't get me wrong I think that people can have separate relationships but I do think that I would question in a relationship where if a friend was treating me terribly you know I would kind of hope my other friend would be like hey why are you doing that yeah you know and that's where I'm like well not mad at me 
do 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 <laughs> and that's kind of crazy and but i also think that that is very telling of her character yeah and then oh heather brings up jen being shitty to her on social media and saying that if she was an actress the only part she could get would be a manatee or a shrek which that I'm was like, rough that's supposed to be your best friend Okay, so I'm going to put a silver lining on it. Shrek made a lot of money. Word. So I'm not going to... And, you know, maybe so did Heather in her divorce. Exactly. But, I mean, it's still one of those things that it was a shitty thing to say, but at a certain point, you have to look at the person it's being said to Mm -hmm. because you can't just sit there and be someone's heel and get all the dog shit wiped off on you. Lapdog? Yeah. Like, it's not... It's unhealthy and toxic as a relationship. And then the best part is she's like, I had reasons for saying that well what are they oh i don't remember i was mad about something that's the craziest part to me you were mad and so you said this vile shit and you think that it's okay what you said and that you should get a pass because you were upset and you don't even know what you were upset about i think some people in this group like to be upset and i believe that jen shaw is that person i yeah i think it's like it energizes her (laughs) it makes me wonder if growing up if she was the troublemaker as well so that she could get attention. Mm-hmm. You know, some people feel like negative attention is good because it's attention. Yeah, any attention is good attention. Yeah. Yikes. Oh, and then of course, the psychic, in which I knew this, I think I said it when we watched it, that the only reason that Jen raised her hand and said that she didn't trust Heather was because Heather said that she didn't trust uh, Jen when everybody else raised their hands. And the other crazy thing to me in that moment is Jen now granted she just smacked down her hand but she should have never touched her at all but she did yeah Jen felt comfortable enough to have physical contact with Heather in what could be considered a violent way Mm -hmm. of course you don't fucking trust her yeah (laughs) and why Jen would feel like she was justified in being angry with you know and not understanding why Heather would feel that way but Jen's a narcissist yeah all she saw was that Heather all she cares about Heather didn't defend me Heather didn't stick up for me yeah it's just about how she feels and uh one of the two best worst parts of the show so she gets back oh my god that's right she gets back from Vegas and she feels very alone and the women told her that she was a bully and a manipulator. I don't know she why is. they would say that she about is. her. And you know then she says that people saying that she's aggressive and as a woman of color, how dare you call her aggressive? I just slapped your hand and threatened to kill you, but don't talk about me like that. And why? Come on, <laughs> give them the whole line. Why? Because she's a she... colored woman. <laughs> I was like, wow, it, are we back in the, the 70s? Six, yeah, seven, the 70s. I was going to say 70s or 60s. It's, it's still like in my mind. I'm like, hmm? Huh? Okay, story time. <laughs> oh, God. Here she goes. The year is like 2006. And Rhonda and I have just become roommates. And we decide we're going to go on a trip to Target because that was one of our favorite things to do. While we are there, we pass by the socks section and I said oh look at those pretty colored socks <laughs> and Rhonda proceeded <laughs> to get on me about calling those socks colored Gave and I'm like what am I supposed down. to call them <laughs> 
it was i mean it, it was you set yourself up for i it. did it was set myself up opening. and it was hilarious and we have talked about it time and giggled and giggled but i had a moment when she said that line that i was like you can't call what <laughs> I know that I can't do that. How come you don't know you can't do that? It's like, there is a double standard. She's like, if Jen Shaw said she was going to kick everybody's ass, the police would be here. I'd be here in handcuffs. I'm like, no, you would not. That would not happen. You are embarrassing yourself and your husband and your children. It was a lot. I could not. I couldn't believe she said it. I couldn't believe that she said it in the context that she said it. Like, how are you going to read people and tell them that I mean okay here's the deal Utah is very white sorry I hate to say it and they are also are often behind the times there you go they're very conservative and behind the times Mm -hmm. and I don't feel that Heather necessarily took it the right way like the argument that she had with Jen I didn't think was right when she's like I don't want you to educate me Mm -hmm. and that moment I was like oh Heather that's a terrible thing to say take the education I got it because it wasn't she wasn't trying to educate her she was trying to browbeat her and guilt her into feeling that white guilt because all oh, they Into said submission. that she was aggressive when you fucking hit me. And here's the thing. I noticed this with Jen. When she is at the end of her rope and she has nothing else she can pivot on, she will turn around and pivot and make it about race. Mm-hmm. Like she tried it with Mary, with the 7-Eleven thing. Like she's always got this undercurrent of being uptight, but it's with everybody. And it is her last like line of defense. Because who can fight being called a racist? Yeah. Especially in this climate. Like, I feel like the white community is trying hard to learn. Okay, portions of the white community are (laughs) trying really hard to learn. You don't know where to go. Like, if someone calls you a racist, you immediately want to get defensive and explain all the ways that you're not a racist, which in turn makes you sound more like a racist. Right. You know, (laughs) so it's kind of a losing situation in that case but I have watched Jen Shaw use this tactic several times through the season mm-hmm. and it, and I kind of want to sit there and be like look I know you think you're helping you're making it worse yeah and that's where I get a huge disconnect with her and get uptight with her you know after all of this happens and there's a lot of screaming and I was actually happy that Meredith said that using the accusation of race at this time was very it could be very destructive dangerous and dangerous yeah you know and and I get that and understand that I don't think that Jen Shaw did and I think that's one of the reasons why she broke into tears because she didn't have anywhere else to go yeah at that point and that's why she got up well and she left. had the tantrum yep and then she got up and went and cried to Sharif about they don't get it they don't understand us and I'm like ma'am you yourself are not a black woman I don't care how many black children you give birth to or how many box braids you put in your hair on your way to court you are not black you do not have the same black experience I can't say whether or not she does in Utah because I don't know what it's like in Utah but the the way that she is talking 
talking about like what you can and can't say to a woman of color. She is regurgitating stuff that black women are using to educate and she's taking it and using it as a weapon. And that's the ugliest part. That is the hardest part to swallow but then I also kind of sit down and this is one of those moments where you have to ask where does the line of Bravo's responsibility go because they've come out with several shows in regards to race and equality but yet there are certain things that Bravo lets go under the radar all the time that is kind of opposite of what those shows are yeah also the fact that a lot of times in the housewife franchises the thought of being gay or that one of the group has had a lesbian experience is considered ew. Oh yeah, so salacious. It's so salacious and, and icky and judgmental. Where's the is the line and where should it be drawn? Mary disappointed me because I think she should have called that out and she was just kind of like, well I I do think uh, Heather and Whitney are biased because of their upbringing and that, that also was something that just like got thrown out and then never got picked back up. So much like how you felt disappointed in Mary, I felt disappointed in the whole season. It was a long, drawn out, short season. With no resolution. And that's what this reunion was. It was just the same. There was a lot of stuff that was talked about and absolutely no resolution happened. Three part, no resolution. <laughs> Except, Well, maybe the husbands are probably like the only ones who got resolution. And I mean, Robert Sr. and Coach Shaw, because he kind of, you know. They kind of broke down. He got that Coach Shaw pep talk. That was cool. Wait, how many times do I have to I say, I like the husbands. And that's generally what I look forward to in the reunions. Because there was no resolution for anything. But at least I got to see the guys. And the guys seemed to handle everything fine. Yeah. Although I think this is why we will probably never get like a full-time season franchise or whatever of the house husbands. Because... They just resolve their shit quick. Yeah, and, and the like, worst thing right, that happens well, season is over. <laughs> there might be a small scuffle, but the next minute they're like, yeah, when they're buying like each other a drink, and yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. All I know is that I lost an extra hour and a half out of my life with these three episode reunions that could have been done in a extra special ninety minute, or uh, could have been maybe like a series of gifts. <laughs> yeah, I mean that could work, I guess. We would have gotten the same amount of resolution. <laughs> Although if it were a gift, they would have had like the captions on there. So we would be able to understand Make a story. what uh, Lisa and Heather were saying. Because, you know, they... They canceled out each other and right. we couldn't hear about them a lot. After we have this discussion, they're pretty much wrapping it up. I think that at this point, Andy's just exhausted and doesn't want anything else to do with them. Same. So the one thing they did do is uh, Andy asked the ladies how they felt that they needed to learn after watching the season about themselves. And Lisa Barlow, with all the crap that I have talked about her, actually was very, very in tune. Yeah, surprise. Surprise. Self-awareness. She said listening more and Instead of talking. Now, I think we need to give it to her a little bit. Yes, she was very self-aware, but we just watched the reunion where she just did everything she yeah, was self-aware. Yeah, that did not happen. Yeah. 
<laughs> but I like to think of it as a positive in regards to sometimes realizing the issue is like your first big hurdle. But she has a uh, many years of a bad habit of talking instead of listening. And I think that it's going to take a little while to break that. So as long as she's still growing, great. Yeah, I think as long as it's something that she's conscious of, then, you know, I'm fine with that. I support it. Mary says that she knows that the way she says things can come off offensive and needs to work on that. Another self-aware moment. Yeah. I feel that Mary, though, has had many self-aware moments on the show, and yet she continues to do the same thing, such as... Or she'll say something delusional right after, and you're like, what? Well, and, and also her saying that, you know, she just, whatever is on her mind, she just lets her mouth say, which is not the best habit to have. Yes. Jen says that she needs to work on her communication and that her friends can feel trust in her, which uh, again, also a very self-aware thing. But I also want to point out something that you said just a second ago is that she has a really great ability to parrot things that she hears. Yes. And I feel like maybe this was one of those moments. She uh, doesn't always parrot well because, you know, Heather had to tell her like three times, like, this is what I want you to say to me. And she's like, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, but if you think about it in some respect, she doesn't want to say anything that doesn't make her look good. Saying this made her look good, made her seem self-aware and that maybe she was working on herself. But when Heather says something to her and she refuses to do it, it's because she thinks it'll make her look weak and bad. She's working on not going to federal prison. You? We're gonna get You're there. You're the worst with spoilers, man. Oh, spoilers. Murderer. Murder. Shame. Shame. <laughs> Shame. Uh, next, we go to Whitney. She says her timing and delivery and to use her own voice with confidence. Yeah, I think she's uh, doing well at that. And I, I do think too. she'll get better at it. I think that it was good for her to see this season. And I think that dealing with these women are, is going to unfortunately take some of that innocence away from her and harden her up a little bit. And I don't know if that's necessarily good but i mean realistic i mean in the public eye anyway she'll have to grow a thicker skin so i think she'll be okay so meredith doesn't answer the question and instead just says that she is moving forward with the ladies apologies don't make things go away and trust needs to be earned and that's fair jen i have a problem with this and it's the reason why i ended up not liking meredith by the end of the season the thing was to talk about what you've learned about yourself and want to improve and she basically just said she doesn't think anything's wrong with her it's like i learned that i can't trust these hoes yeah like every single one of them looked into themselves and was like oh you know i should really work on this and obviously she watched her behavior and then threw that away and just paid attention to everyone else's behavior from her makeup now she regretted the eyebrows in season one. Oh, and my. i understand i would too i regret her eyebrows i regret that i had to see them all what was 13 episodes i deserve um back pay yeah i do heather says she hopes she could speak up and embrace everyone for who they are which i think uh she is already doing or working on i just need her to love herself more because like she wants the bare minimum of support 
and her friendships and then she will show up for you 110 percent i really like that she said that she wanted to be able to speak up i do feel the last part of that is some of that conditioned mormon lifestyle with you know and embrace everyone for who they are because she already does yeah there is this stigma that if a woman speaks up and says her mind she's jen shaw <laughs> you know like she is considered the bitch or bossy or there's all these adjectives that are used for women who actually use their voice and you're right she does need to love herself more and be able to say yeah i said this and i meant it it's like with the jen shaw she's able to tell jen how she wants to be apologized to and if you want to take that and break that down that becomes even stickier because you can't tell a person what to apologize for and have it be sincere like you can tell a person where they've gone wrong and how it's made you feel but if that person does not want to apologize for doing those things because they don't feel like they like remember her face she was like i don't really understand what i'm apologizing for but i will say these words if this is what you want to hear we get to the end finally blessedly and uh instead of the cocktail that andy usually has at the end of the reunions he has meatballs and mary's face lights up never related to her more (laughs) i also love after that because they did the whole show and it looked like a chalet that they started to drop snow and i'm using the little air quotes around that and mary i guess always when it snows outside tries to catch them on her tongue and so when she did it was obviously like soap flakes or something because (laughs) she made the worst she's like oh my god they got snow and oh that is not snow (laughs) that was that was good and that was the end of of salt lake city huzzah and they've already uh finished filming so now they're just editing now yeah they just wrapped but it doesn't end there that while filming in fact march 30th of 2021 there is a little bit of hiccup oh yes first of all shout out to cnn cinema blend and variety for the information and uh yeah let's just get to it all right on march 30th they are filming and it is early in the morning and i believe that they were oh they were going to colorado okay they're getting ready to do the trip yeah and then jen is like oh i have to go sharif is hurt and she takes off and then later on federal law enforcement swarmed production looking for jen shaw (laughs) who mysteriously got that phone call and left yeah and so they found her shortly after on the getaway on the getaway they found her and she was arrested and indicted you want to give us those charges well you know the one thing i can say about jen shaw is she goes big or goes home she was charged with one count of conspiracy to commit wire fraud and one count of conspiracy to commit money laundering and not only was she arrested so was her faithful assistant Stuart smith stew chains stew chains and her seem to have been doing this for quite a long time and if you're like what is this they were basically swindling allegedly elderly into buying into making 
websites and also of ways to protect their business to make management of their business more efficient and profitable. And (laughs) this wasn't just something they started because this is a nine year investigation. Yes. From the Southern District of New York, who, if you know anything about the law or huge criminal federal lawsuits, like I, I don't even want the Southern District of New York to know who I am. They have like this outrageous over 80% conviction rate. It is kind of crazy. And what they're saying is the charges that have been put up against her, she could spend 20 years in federal prison. Not like the fun country club tennis prison, like the prison prison. 30 years. 30? Yeah. According to the indictment, Jen, Stu, and others, in quotes, so whoever else was involved in this scheme who also got arrested, they used telemarketing to target and defraud hundreds of victims, many of whom were over age 55. Then they allegedly created lists of these victims and sold these lists to other participants in the fraud and received as profit a share of the fraudulent revenue per the terms of their agreement with those participants. And the telemarketing took place in Shaw's home state of Utah, in Arizona, Nevada, New York, and New Jersey. And they also said that many of the elderly, they they didn't even own computers. She's going to hell. Yeah. If she doesn't go into jail, she's going to hell. Well, she should for those box braids that she wore just coming out of the courthouse. Yeah, I would like them to add an extra charge for that. Yeah, that was a lot for me to handle. It's always funny to me that people think they can live this Lux life fraudulently on television. Like the feds are not watching. Like this is not how they got Teresa and Joe. Like this is not how they got Apollo Nida from Atlanta. Yep, I, I don't get it. But th- how many times have we discussed how people go on reality? shows and you find these big deep dark secrets and you're like well how did you not think that was going to come out you're in the public eye exactly again this is this goes back to what I said earlier about does Bravo have to take any responsibility for certain things because she's still allowed to film and she did she filmed for the rest of the season and granted yes this has become her storyline but yikes do they not vet these people before they put them on the show apparently this did not come up in the back ground check. Yeah, it's just bizarre to me. So yeah, we're gonna see all of that and she continues to film and she continues to keep running her mouth. Yeah, she's putting like hashtag free Jen Shaw on her Instagram stories talking about like, oh, I know who my true friends are now. And then just recently, and I'm talking like June 4th recently, her cousin put up a GoFundMe page for $2.5 million to help Jen Shaw with with her legal troubles and her legal fees. You know, conveniently leaving out the why she would be in legal trouble. Yeah, they're talking about how, you know, the government has an endless amount of money that they can pay attorneys and she doesn't and she needs to protect herself. From what? The group of people coming with the pitchforks and the torches to kill the beast? The old people. That's what I'm talking about. They're the ones with the pitchforks and the torches. Oh, sorry. Are they... You ruined my joke. Wow. The fucking disrespect. I see how you are now. (laughs) 
it. You're the worst. I didn't mean it. I have to say that her cousin was like super thinking of people when he did this because, you know, he said specifically, if I can get 10,000 caring souls to donate $250, they would make their $2.5 million quota to help poor old Jen Shaw. Just, just 250 Just 250 And one anonymous person who was probably Jen donated 250 and then one person donated $5 and then everyone else reported the shit out of it and now it's gone. Womp womp. That's what's been going on since they uh, wrapped the reunion. And that concludes the saga of, of Salt, Salt Lake City. City. We are running a little long, so how about we just jump right to Blunts and Bravo. All right. This time we are doing something that we have never done in Blunts and Bravo history. Yes, all seven episodes. We have never done this. Our first ever husband and wife, Blunt and Bravo. So we have decided in our infinite wisdom to give Coach Shaw our Bravo. Yes, because he must be a saint for living with her. And he's so good at motivating. I think he's very calm. And you know what? He would have to be considering how frenetic Jen is. Yes. And how intense college football is. Yes. The only thing is, I don't think he would actually smoke the blunt. He's pretty religious. Yeah, he might. We'll smoke it for you. Yeah. Thanks, Coach Shaw. You're the best. Yeah, what a giver. And then um, I'm not giving her a blunt or stems or seeds or nothing. Not even like an empty paper? No? No, no. Okay. No. Uh, Jen is is getting our bad dog moment <laughs> of the show. Technically our blunt, but she gets no blunt. No, nothing. You know, I had a hard time liking her during this season, and then you find out all this stuff outside of it. And of course, allegedly it happened. She has not been convicted, but I just don't see a lot of good there. Yeah, and uh, these charges, it doesn't look good for her either. No, it doesn't. So that concludes Blunts and Bravo. You know, if you have any comments or suggestions or maybe other Bravo shows you think that we should look at, go ahead and send us an email at bluntsandbravo, all one word, at gmail.com. Or you can check us out on our Instagram, also at bluntsandbravo, all one word. We just started a TikTok. That's right. And again, it is bluntsandbravo, all one word. We are keeping our brand safe. I'm just really glad that no one thought of this before me. I agree. You are delightful and smart. I'll give a blunt to myself. Yay. (laughs) All right. So until next time, stay stay safe safe and stay stay baked. baked.